Okay, so we're getting started on the daf of, of Ayin Test number 79. Do a review of yesterday's daf. And um, we're starting at the bottom of the page of Daf Ayin Ches on the base, and it's talking about the ditch that's between the two courtyards. And we mentioned that in the Mishnah that um, it, if it's 10 deep, and four wide, then it can, uh, then it needs to be two separate eruvim, even if it's filled with straw, and uh, or or grain. But if it's filled with dirt or or rocks, then you then it's the opposite. Then it must be a single eruv, and it can't be two separate eruvim. So the question is that what does it matter why you put the rocks there? Meaning you didn't state any specific intent with the rocks. You just put the rocks there, and does it make a difference? Um, because the Mishnah talks about in Hilchos Ahalos, as we know that in Hilchos Ahalos, in order for an all to be an ohel that it contains the Tumas Mace, it needs to have a gap, like airspace. If it's filled with things, so then it sort of minimizes the airspace, and then it, um, and then it, the tuma is what's called tuma ritzutsa, and it goes right through the ceiling, and it continues on upwards. So, if you have a, uh, a so if you have the house that's filled with tevin or tzroros, put them both in the same category, and it says, and you were mevatel the tevin or the tzroros, the grain or the pebbles in the house. So then. If it, then it would be a bittel, and then the tuma will be a tuma ritzutza. Otherwise, not. So it doesn't that automatically tell you that bitlo in lo bitlo lo? Only if you are mavatel it. So even the rocks, just because you put them in the ditch, doesn't mean you were mavatel the rocks to the ditch. So Rav Huna says that the tana is that an ahalo. The tana is is Rabbi Yossi, and that's the difference. We're going not like Rav Yossi. They're going like Rav Yossi. The problem is. If anything, Rav Yossi seems to say the opposite because the Bryce brings down Rav Yossi's opinion that when it's grain and you don't have any intention to remove it, it's plan, you plan on keeping it there in the house. So then it's like plain dirt that wasn't, in, that wasn't expressed what your intent is. And it's bato. If you put dirt in the house and you plan on removing it there, it's only temporarily. So then it's like standard grain, which is that it's not bottle. In other words, he makes a difference between what the material is. So if anything, Rabbi Yossi is doesn't agree with that Mishnah that we're bringing down. So Gemara says that's exactly what we meant. We mean is the exact opposite. That our Tana, the Tana by Erevin, is Rabbi Yossi, who makes a distinction in what's being put there. That's that, and if it's teven, so then it doesn't serve as a filler. If it's tsaroros, then it does. That's all in without expressly in, uh, stating what your intention is, as opposed to um, the tan and alos argues on that, and that's who the tan of that mission is. That's answer number one, and uh, that was Rav Asi was the one who finally came out with that. Now Rav Huna Breder Rav Yeshua says answer number two. He's saying the comparison doesn't even get to first base. Over there we're talking about Hilchas Tumah. Over here we're talking about Hilchas Shabbos. What defines uh, what defines bittel 
to be negated to the place that the intent is to keep it there for Shabbos is very different than for Tuma. Because the goal is, is that the point is that you're just not using it anymore on Shabbos. That's the point. You have no intent to keep it there for Shabbos. So if I don't intend to keep it there for Shabbos, so if I'm keeping it there for Shabbos because it's muksa, even in Arniki says, even if it's gold in there, so that's, since you have no uh, ability to really take it out because it's muksa, that would be considered mevutal and it would be considered traversable. So that's the idea, and that's why on Tuma, it needs a, it, since it's not Shabbos, it needs a different uh, criteria to, um, to be considered Mavoto, as opposed to Shabbos. That's the whole idea with the grain. Those things are not mukta. You can pick it up and feed it to your animals. So that's the big difference. That's answer number two, Rav Huna Then we saw answer number three, Rav Ashi said, the difference is a bias and a charitz. A charitz is a ditch um, between two properties. So if you fill it, the assumption is you mean it to stay there. What else are you going to do? You don't like having a ditch. It's annoying and it's uh, uh, dangerous. So that's the point. As opposed to over there, in the case of a uh, house, who wants their house filled with stuff? Very few people. So that's why minastam, without being expressly it, you don't intend for it to stay there. And that's the difference. Okay. Brings us to the next thing. We said that when you have the ditch and you want to uh, create a passageway, so you put a plank down that's four tvachim wide. So we said that if you have a, a plank that's four tvachim wide, so then, um, then, then it's fine. That's only if you're putting it a broadside, meaning I'm going across, and the width is now four tvachim. That's, that's, the, that's where there's a minimum of how wide you're going, as opposed to if I'm just putting it up into the fill, the dalit tvachim, I don't need it to stick out much at all, even a tiny bit, because as long as it's less than four tvachim, it's considered that you could just walk right over it. Four tvachim is right in the mark that it's like a big, big enough gap that it's considered you know, a little bit scary and people won't just cross over it. And that's the difference. Okay. Next we saw is Rava. Rava said that... Um, I'm sorry, that was, the, that, that was the, I'm sorry. The next thing is the two gzustros. If you have two pieces that come out on either side, zukineged zu. So he said that it only needs to be zukineged zu, and uh, otherwise it's no good, or either, or the same height. That's only if the difference between the two gzustros is more than three tvachim. But if it's more than, if it's less than three tvachim in the difference, meaning between, one is a little three tvachim over to the left and the one on the cross, across from it, so then that, and, uh, that's the distance between them is a grand total of three tvachim, then we'll just say it's a xustra akuma, it's a bent xustra, it's a little misshapen, and it's fine. And that's also true for height and also true for uh, distance. Again, so the gap, as long as all you got is three tvachim, it doesn't have to be right opposite. Okay, next we talked about is um, not the ditch. Now we're talking about the pile of hay that separates two. So there's a haystack that separates two properties, two chatzeros. So we said in that case, as long as that haystack is ten tvachim high, qualifies as a mechitza, and then they must make two separate erufin, and they cannot make a joint eruv. And not only that, but they can each feed their animals from the haystack, because it's not in Bukta, 
and they can help themselves to it. If it turns out that now there's less than 10 Tvachim high because there was more eaten, so then they can make it only in one Erev if it's, the whole thing's lower than 10. And, um, and they cannot make two Eruvin anymore. So Rafuna puts a big qualifier that although you are allowed to feed your animals, you're not allowed to actually put the grain in your, in your basket and then bring the basket to the animal. So... What, but I'm allowed to put the animal in front of the food? Why is that allowed? It doesn't Rav Huna say in the name of Rav Chanina that a person can put his animal on top of grass on Shabbos and that the animal should eat the grass on Shabbos even though the animal is going to be pulling the grass from the ground. And the reason why is because there's no fear that I'm going to come to pluck the grass to feed my animal because it's an Easter Shabbos that I'm aware of and I'll be very aware of. However, if there's, um, if there's muktza and my animal's on top of muktza and it's muktza food that happens to be muktza, so then it is a concern and I'm not allowed to put my animal over the muktza to eat it because there's a concern since muktza is lighter in people's eyes and they, they'll forget and they'll take um, and they'll pick it up and feed it to the animal. So the Gemara answers, you're right, well, we're, not do, we're doing a little bit of a shino here, a little bit of a change. What we're doing is we're taking the animal and we're, and we're uh, making sure that it can't go any other way but towards the haystack and then it'll eat by itself. You understand? So we're not really feeding it and we're not really bringing it to the wall. I, we just stood in its way to go the other direction so therefore it's going to be forced to go in that direction. Okay. Next we saw is... Um, uh, going on the same question, well, same case that you can't put it in your own basket and uh, the grain. Problem is, is that when there's a house that's between two courtyards and the house is filled with grain, you could, the house breaks up the two courtyards from being able to join each other because it's basically boxed in, blocked, and they can only make two separate eruvin and not one. Each one is allowed to help themselves to the grain that's in the house. Um, and feed it to their animals. And it says explicitly they can put it in their kupa, in their box, and carry it to the animal and feed their animals. Um, if the grain then comes down less than 10 tvachim, then they're both going to be asr at that point. Okay. So what do you do? You close, one will have to close his house off and basically be mevatu shos to the other one, and then the other one will be allowed to carry and just not him. Um, so and that, that's also true that they're both allowed to share the same area even when there's a ditch filled with grain that's at the, that's ju- that's, is juxtaposition is right between two Tchumei Shabbos. You could go towards the edge of your Tchum and the other city can go to the edge of their Tchum to help themselves uh, from that grain on a Yontif. So the question is, here we're saying explicitly that you could put it in the box. And why over by us are we saying, no, you can't do that? So the Gemara explains that when it's a house, there's an advantage because it's much easier to realize that the, the grain is getting below the ten tefach mark because you're measuring it off the ceiling. You see it getting, you, you, have, you have like something to compare it to as opposed to if it's just standalone on the outside, so then you're not going to realize as the walls go, you know, dwindling away and that's the difference. So that brings us to the next question, is that we said that if it's less than 10 Tvachim, then they're going to be Asr. Now the question is, is that it sounds like if it is 10 Tvachim, then it's a fine wall. Uh, but isn't it a wall in a house? Then we I thought we said that Mechitzos, 
maybe need to be Magdiela Tikra, they need to reach the ceiling. It sounds like it's a normal size house. And a Mechitza that's just a partition qualifies, is that in a, even in a house, which was a Machlokas earlier between Bishami and Bizzilla. So Pai explains that uh, we're talking about a house over here that's 13 less a tiny bit. So since it's 13 less a tiny bit, once it reaches 10, so 10 tall is a different story. Okay? Um, so the Gemara says, um, um, and then it basically there's lovud between the 10 high and the ceiling, the 13, so that's why it's considered as if it's all the way up to the top. That's the answer of a buyer. Rav Yeshua says it can even be less than that. The whole amount of grain is only seven. The whole the height of the ceiling is three. So between, so therefore, as long as you're a little bit over seven, so then it's considered fully blocked all the way to ten. So the question the Gemara wants to know. Um, okay, we understand a It reads into the text very well if it's less than ten. But here, what does Rav Huna Yeshua say? Less than 10. It's not less than 10, it's less than 7, then it's a problem. So Gemara says, no, it's less than the Torah of 10. Meaning because if it's 7, then you have as if you have 10. Once it's less than 7, then, it's as, then you lost the as if it's 10. And that's what it means. Torah Sasara, not actual Asara. All right. Anyway, that's how we got out of that. Next we saw, we said that they're both going to be Asar in the case where the wall goes down. Now the question is, it sounds like that we're basically saying that even on Shabbos, the situation changes, and then the status changes. Um, and that's an opinion, but that we're, we know that there's the opposing opinions that say that, no, it only goes by what the, what's the status at the onset of Shabbos. In the beginning of Shabbos, it was still a good wall. Even if it comes down the middle, maybe it's not a problem. So that's the question. Or if you add urin on Shabbos, does it create a problem? These are discussions that we had earlier. So the Gemara says, maybe it happened before Shabbos. So this is not conclusive. It doesn't really uh, necessarily take sides on that discussion. So how do you, what are you supposed to do? You close the, the door and you mevatel rishos. So the question is, since when is there both a double requirement? You have to close the door and also be mevatel rishos. Meaning, normally, uh, if you close the door, that would indicate that you're closing yourself off from the rest. And if you're mevatel rishos, you're, you're expressly stating that you're mevatel rishos. Why would I need to do both? So first of all, the first answer we said is no. What we mean is either or. That's number one. Second answer is, is that it could be that here that you actually do need to do two. The reason is, since he's so used to using his chatzar, even though he made a statement that I'm a shos, he's still going to come to carry out into his chatzar from his house. So in order to make a fence around that, he has to lock his door going to the chatzar so that he won't come to carry out from his house to the chatzar. And that's the idea. Then we said that if that after he does that, then he is prohibited and his friend is permitted. Obvious, we already know this. So what's the chidosh here? The chidosh here is, even if they decide, this, the friend decides, you know what, I had it the first day of the day, I'm going to now be mevatel myrishos back to you, so you can now carry. So the Gemara says, no, it doesn't work that way, because it's ein mevatel mechosem mevatel, and that's what the extra line is teaching us. 
Next thing we said that this is also true by this by the ditch between two Tchum and Shabbos, that each side can help themselves as long as they're still within the Tchum to the, to the same pile, same ditch filled with grain between the two of them. Now the question is, that's obvious, so the Gemara says, not necessarily true. Because it could be it's going like Rabbi Kiva, all the Tchumen is still is an Isser Torah, is a Din Torah. And since it's a Din Torah, maybe you have to be more Machmir and say that if we let you take it from within the Tchum, since it's from the same ditch that's also the outside of the Tchum, you may come to um, take something from outside the Tchum, which is prohibited. And that's Kamash that we don't worry about that. And that is, brings us to the new Mishnah. Then we started the Mishnah, we said that how do you do a Shint of Mavoyos? What you do is you take a barrel, a barrel of wine, for instance, and you say this barrel should be for the entire people of all the, of the entire mavoy, and then you mezak it, you give it to somebody to acquire it on behalf as a zchus to everyone in the mavoy that shares this mavoy. Who can be mezak Either his adult children, or his Jewish-born slaves or maidservants, or his wife. But you cannot do it to your young children that are under barbarous mitzvah or to your slave or shivcha kinaimim because that wouldn't work. That's yadon kiyado. They don't have a separate, a separate ability to acquire outside of himself. And that's the story. So it has to be where somebody outside of you is taking it on, on behalf of everybody. I do want to point out, I didn't mention this yesterday, but um, uh, there's a question on this because um, we talked about his Eved or Shifcha Ha'ivrim. Now, Shifcha Ivri is a Amavriya. Amavriya is by definition under ba, Bas Mitzvah. So, how can it work that, uh, I mean, she doesn't have, she's still a minor, but the difference is, it's important to understand, the difference is, is that it doesn't matter. She doesn't have to be um, an adult necessarily. It's just the problem is, is that if she's a minor, then it's as if, when it's your minor children, it automatically is like an extension of yourself. But she's a minor, but she's not your minor child. She's a minor child of somebody else. She's just your maidservant that's really, um, an, uh, it's like an indentured servant. It's not really a slave, and therefore they have an ability to acquire, even if maybe it's going to go to her dad, but that's, that's okay, because it's not the same as it's not the same domain as yours, it's not the same rishos, and that's why it counts. I'm just pointing that out. Okay, brings us to the next thing, which is Rav Yehuda, in the Gemara, says that if you have a barrel of Shetufim Mboyoth, you need to lift it up from the ground, at least the Tefach. So Rabbi says that um, you should know that there were two statements from the elders of Pumbadisa. The one that you just quote, that it has to be lifted at Tefach, is one of them. And then there's another quote that when you make Kiddush, you need to drink at least a melolugma of, of, of a full cheekful to be Yotze, the Kiddush, otherwise not. Okay, now, Rav Chaviva says, I have another quote from the Savi de Pambadisa, which is, Rav Yudha said in the name of Shmuel, that if you make a, that you're allowed to make a bonfire, a very large fire, for a woman who just gave, gave birth, even on Shabbos, uh, because of the danger, she needs to be kept warm. And we thought that's maybe only for, uh, for a woman who gave birth. What about a regular ill person? Um, maybe not. And or maybe that's only in the rainy season, in the winter, when it's cold. 
In the summertime, maybe not. So that's why we saw from Reb Chiyah Bar Avin in the name of Shmuel that if somebody did bloodletting and got the shivers, got very cold, so you're allowed, to, that's, a, that's a big risk, and therefore you need to make a fire to warm the person up. Even on Shabbos, you'd be allowed to do so. Even in the summertime, you'd be allowed to do so. Because the bottom line is, the person shivering, they need the extra heat of a fire. It's different. And that's the story. Then we saw that a member said, that, guess what? I have another memra from the Sabi de Pompadisa. The case is, how do you define when you see a tree, you want to know, is this, is this an Asherah tree or not? How can we uh, guess or figure that out? So he said, if you look and you see the priests um, are protecting the tree, and you also see that they're not eating from the tree, that's a dead giveaway that this is idolatry, okay? And that's the why you're, uh, it's going to have all the dinim of Isra Hana for, for an Asherah. Shmuel said you don't need it to be that level, even if they just said that the dates that are, that are being produced from this tree we're going to take it for the, for the idols for, to produce beer for the holiday. That also qualifies as an Asherah tree. And that's where the Sabi de Pompadisa said that Allah follows Shmuel. And that is where we got up to yesterday. And we're four lines down on Daf Pei for today's Daf. One second.